With Halloween just around the corner, my family has plenty of tricks and treats planned. But thanks to Pampers, one thing I have never been afraid of is a leaky diaper. Fear no leaks with new and improved Pampers Swaddlers, now featuring a blowout barrier at the back waist that helps prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blowouts. We've always looked forward to getting the girls dressed up for Halloween when they were babies. And with Pampers, we knew that in addition to being absolutely adorable in their costumes, they would be dry, clean, and comfortable. With Swaddlers, you can rest assured that you have superior leak protection while keeping baby skin healthy. Pampers Breathe Free Liner wicks away wetness, allowing baby skin to breathe, while the lockaway channels help keep baby skin dry and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Pamper Swaddlers are available in sizes newborn to size 8 and now feature designs with the newest animal characters, Shiloh the Elephant and Freddy the Duck. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. A little update on our March 27th live recording of Latina to Latina. You did it. You sold out our early bird tickets. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There is still time to grab your regular tickets while they last. Again, the details. We are partnering with our friends at Poderistas to bring you a conversation with New York Times bestselling author Sochil Gonzalez. It is happening at the William Vale in Brooklyn on March 27th. You can find the link to purchase tickets on our Instagram page at Latina to Latina or online at Alicia Menendez XO. I cannot wait to see you. As a person who hosts a television show and a podcast, I am on the receiving end of lots of pitches. Many of them are really bad or off base. You would be surprised how often we get pitched men or non-Latino women for a show that is called Latina to Latina. But in this overflowing inbox, every now and then a pitch pops out. That was the case the first time I heard from Lisette Rios, the founder of Chic Influence. She's the one who booked her client, Julissa Prado, for us, one of our very favorite interviews. That interview, the three of us crammed into a tiny New York City hotel room crying together, was the start of a beautiful friendship. Lisette knows a thing or two about being stuck, but she also knows how to position people and brands so that they can get unstuck. Lisette, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Oh my gosh, no, thank you. It is a deep, deep honor uh, to be speaking with you and also to be on this side because so much of what I do is always to get my clients' interviews and kind of in the media. So this is an honor. We're going to talk about how this all came together because I think it is important. But first, can you tell me about a time, Lisette, in your own life when you felt stuck? There have been many, but I think the most prominent one was when I was making the jump from my corporate career to launching Chic Influence. And it took so long to make that decision for a variety of different reasons. One, as a woman, second, as a Latina, and someone at a very young age on paper had great success. I'm originally from Miami and I come from Cuban background. And I knew that I had to come to New York if I wanted to work on the biggest and best beauty brands. And it was great because I had an incredible job at one of the largest PR conglomerate companies. So it opened up my world to working with the Unilevers and the Procter and Gambles of the world, working on campaigns like Pantene and CoverGirl, and it was incredible. 
I was like, wow, I've made it. And I get promoted to senior vice president at the age of 30. And literally everyone is 10 years my senior. But as I started realizing, I, you know, and, and I have an incredible supportive husband and he is already at that time and he still is an entrepreneur. I felt like my potential wasn't being fully tapped. And no matter how much I advocated for myself, and at the time, yes, I was a senior vice president of the multicultural practice, but I'm a very big picture person. I know that I'm being tapped for Latina initiatives, but to me, Latinas are mainstream. Mm -hmm. So I was like, we need to go bigger, we need to go broader, we need to do this. So I was just like, I think I want to start my own business. But I was terrified because also at that time, I was worn out. I was super unhappy at my old job. And it manifested for me physically. I was losing my hair. I had severe stress acne. And then I was just like, it doesn't even matter how much money they throw at me at this point. I'm just so unhappy. But what I realized in kind of helping me get unstuck is that I went through this exercise and it took me a few months. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> and it, I do this every time I'm literally stuck. Um, so you know, like those like big post-it notes that you can put on walls or like gigantic? Yes. So I remember like stole these from the office. <laughs> <laughs> and at that time I was living alone in this like tiny apartment and I took four sheets and I peeled them on the wall. I did four columns. The first column is what am I really, really good at? The second sheet is, what do I love to do? Because I think that's very different. I think you could be really good at something, but you don't necessarily love it. Then the next sheet is, in an ideal world, what is like the next five years going to look like? And then the last sheet is like, what do I absolutely hate? So for a month, I would just sit down and like stare at it. And I would just write and write and write across all four columns until like, a month out, I remember just like sitting there, like staring at it. And it came to me. I love PR. I genuinely do. And I love the marketing of beauty brands. What I did not love were the clients that I was doing it for, not the people themselves, mm. because my actual clients were great. It was just the brands. I just wasn't moved by who I was doing with. So I reframed my thinking and being like, if I can work with brands and people that I am personally passionate about, I will love what I do again. But I also will not work, and I say no to so much business, for people who don't let me do what I do, how I do it, because I know that it could work. So if a company comes to me and say, this is how it's going to be, then I say, I'm not the best fit for you. For me, that was an exercise that came very full circle for me. And I still go through that exercise at least once a year, and especially after 2020, I went through that exercise again, like my four column process. <laughs> did you make that type of gradual transition or did you just make the change one day to the next? So once I knew that I wanted to go off on my own, it took me six months. I was building like my capability stack. Like I wanted to make sure by the time I quit, I had clients because my biggest fear at the time was how do I strip away a six-figure salary to nothing? So what I also did is those six months is that I just saved and saved and saved and saved. So I created the initial startup dollars of my company and then a cushion. And also too, I, I was building a brand because what I also wanted people to understand is that I wasn't a freelancer. I'm building a business and words matter. Mm. So that's why it's like mm -hmm. when I came out, I had a logo, a name, 
the initial shells of a website, a full-blown design capabilities deck, like my unique selling proposition. Like I thought all of that through. So when I went out, this is my business. When my babies were going through their exploration stage, I had so much to worry about. Falling over, bumping heads, what did she just put in her mouth? The list was endless. But when they were in pamper swaddlers, I knew I never had to worry about a leaky diaper. Swaddlers are great for both baby and mommy. They keep your baby's skin healthy and dry with Pampers Breathe-Free Liner, which wicks away wetness, allowing your baby's skin to breathe. Swaddlers have always given me peace of mind knowing that diaper rash and leaky diapers were not in our future. There's also the blowout barrier at the back waist to help prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blowouts. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic and free of parabens and latex. Your baby deserves that. And they're available in a wide range of sizes from newborn to size eight, and now feature designs with the newest animal characters, Shiloh the Elephant and Freddy the Duck. Having a diaper you can depend on is important, and it's why I have always loved Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today to start earning rewards with every diapers and wipes purchase. Not to mention, get great parenting content with Pampers Club. Hey, Red, what are you up to? Just making sure all the M&M's gifts are wrapped and the balls filled. Remember that one holiday party when we had no M&M's? Oh boy, I still have nightmares. The cookies? Yeah, you used all the M&M's candies that were meant to decorate the party treats to decorate snowmen. You did it again, didn't you? <laughs> they do look cute, though. Bringing cheer, M&M's for all fun kind. Hi, Latina to Latina listeners. It's Brenda from Tamarindo Podcast. And if you love Latina to Latina, then we know that you're going to love Tamarindo Podcast. And if you're in the L.A. area and can't make it to the Latina to Latina live event, we'd like to invite you to our event on March 28th. At 6.30 p.m., we're hosting Amigas Blossoming, a night of celebrating and cultivating blossoming friendships. This will be in Highland Park, and all the details to RSVP for free are at tamarindopodcast.com forward slash events. One of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is because you have crafted some of the best pitches I've ever seen. <laughs> and while there are a lot of us who won't necessarily pitch a client or pitch a brand we all have to pitch ourselves. And so I wonder how, what your process looks like for beginning to craft those narratives and tell those stories. I think I just always look at things through like a human lens. That's how I internalize it. Um, even now when we're working with clients and obviously it's very hard for like a client who always is gonna think that their product is the best and the most incredible and the most innovative for me to tell them like, that's cool but like five other brands have already launched that, right? So we need to figure out another way to tell that story. So it's kind of like a multi-pronged approach. Like I consume content all day long. I read all day long. I can go to an outlet and tell them like, talk about this mascara that has this ingredient. And then they're like, we already wrote about that like a year ago. Why am I gonna write about it again? Right? So it's like, you have to be so strategic in how you consume, but also the same goes for like, in my instance, like. I have very strong founder backed brands and how media, even like somebody like you, how you talk about founders. All I do is literally the complete opposite of what everyone else in the industry does. I sit with my clients. I look at what the story that we have to tell. And I always try to humanize a pitch or really just kind of pull something up that I know is going to be relevant to the outlet that I'm pitching. And then I sit down and I craft 
individual emails for every single person I am contacting. I just think about if I was on the receiving end, what do I want that email to look like? I don't want it to sound like everyone else. Well, it was also very clear to me the first time you pitched us that you would actually listen to the podcast, if only to get a sense of how to pitch it. And I think that there is a corollary there when you're doing outreach on your own behalf to anyone else, which is you need to be informed about who they are, about any common points between the two of you. That's something that Daniela Pierre Bravo, who's been on the show before, talked a lot about, right? Say, oh, we both grew up in this place. I see on LinkedIn that we both know this person. Whatever it might be that creates some common ground between the two of you and saying, I've spent the time to Google you and know a little bit about who you are and what it is that you need. Because that's the other thing I hear when you talk to me about your pitches, which is you have a need, I have a need, and I am trying to find the place where those needs align. Chic Influence's services include talent management, brand strategy and partnerships, strategic media and PR, marketing to Latinas, influencer strategy and relations, and research and development. Now, I'm going to guess that when you launched, you didn't have all of those services. Where did you start? And what did you do to make sure that you weren't getting pigeonholed into just one identity? Technically, I was not allowed to start a PR agency. So for the first year, I did, and I told them that I would not touch consumer packaged goods, any. So what that created was that I was going to do PR for people. And I say the handcuffs lasted for a year. So while I was doing PR for people, like my celebrity hairstylist client, uh, my celebrity fashion stylist client, because I was also thinking like long-term, that the name of my company did not pigeonhole me in case that I needed to pivot for whatever reason. I'm a PR agency that understands culture, but I can make it mainstream. And then through the services, after the one year handcuffs were off, I started working with consumer packaged goods and kind of Reina Rebelde came to me and that was incredible. And when I met with Regina, her mission was the same. She's like, I want to see my brand in Allure. I want to see my brand in Cosmo, and I'm like, oh my God, that's exactly what I'm on the mission. And she had interviewed eight PR agencies way bigger than mine. And she's like, you're the only person that understood what I was trying to do. And then naturally with, you know, working with somebody like Reina de Rede pre-Bonch, it's like, you get so involved with the brand beyond just PR. So that was like an incredible learning experience that I've been able to apply to my other clients. And then I wasn't planning to manage talent But I also knew from my old life how much brands were paying creators and influencers. So I started dipping my toes with my celebrity hairstylist client because he's just like, I have these opportunities and I want to go bigger than just being a Latino hairstylist. And I was like, I got you. Then I started seeing people are like, oh my God, I love working with you. Do you have more talent? And I was like, no, I don't, but let Mm. me see. And then I met um, my first client, Viva Glam K, through a mutual friend. And at that point, she had like 1.1 million followers and she was literally charging way below the worth of her content. And I was like, girl, you can charge 10 times that. Be like people who are very creative, have a hard time talking money. I'm the complete opposite. For me, asking for money has never been a problem. So that's how it started. What is your best advice for someone or a brand that feels like it is stuck? I think if anyone's like feeling stuck 
is just really taking a step back, but also putting things into context. I felt stuck. I had a horrible breakdown at the end of the year because normally between November, December, I have all these plans for like the next year, right? I do like my projections. I have my, you know, two to three marketing objectives and goals of what I'm going to hit to like bring on new clients. I have the whole year set. And for the first time in like my entrepreneurial life, I had no plan. And I freaked out because for me, that is not okay. And so my mantra is I'm going to have to roll with the punches. I can't plan out a year out. I'm just going to plan quarter to quarter and figure out what is the value of chic influence and what can we provide to our clients. And then personally for me, I just felt very stuck because I love to be out. I love to work out. I love big goals. And for me, running is a huge outlet. And to not have a race, that also added to my meltdown. I was like, I need a race. I need something to look forward to. And then even from like the business side with our clients, we're going through it. Like, how do we market products that are not deemed essential? How do we sell to a new era, a new world? How we approach things pre-2020 no longer apply. We're starting from scratch and starting all over again. And for me, the way that I got unstuck was my four-column approach, was really sitting down and saying, what are non-negotiables anymore? For me, those non-negotiables is being rushed with work and having this expectation that I'm going to answer an email in 24 hours. That's not okay because my mental health took a beating. I got unstuck. I went back to therapy because I'm like, I cannot unpack this myself. And I luckily got into the Chicago Marathon. So now I'm forced to run again. So now it's given me purpose, but I had to look out for those things to get me unstuck. And that also had, it had a huge effect on my business. If I was happy, then my business was happy. It's also just really impressive that you're growing because I think the other thing that happens when you're, I think when you are an entrepreneur that begins your business with you as founder and employee, Mm -hmm. It is easy to get into the model where you are simply accepting fee for service and that you begin to internalize that as your business model rather than continually thinking about how you will expand the services to not require you to do all of the labor. Yeah, but it takes a long time to get there. You're going to have to be in the weeds for a very long time. And I think seeing my husband do it I understood what I was signing up for. He sat me down and he was like, you need to understand the only way you can grow this business is that you're going to have to make like a monumental life shift because it is all on you. And this is like the one thing I learned and now everybody understands is what is the best use of your time? The best use of your time is not taking every phone call, not taking every meeting. I could not reconcile that. I was like, but I have to take the meeting. And he's like, you will fish out the people who are going to waste your time. So that was one huge learning curve for me was understanding the best use of my time, which is why I don't take 90% of the calls or meetings. Well, I like also part of what you said, and I think this is a place where I um, could use a lot of work myself, which is assessing how I spend my time and reassessing how I spend my time. Because I think that is another way in which it is really easy to get stuck. Because I was raised to be gracious, there is a part of me that feels that I owe people my time. 
that if someone reaches out to me asking to have a conversation that in some way I owe it to them. Part of the way I've weaned myself off of that is by setting time limits on those things by saying, I can give you 15 minutes on a Thursday in this window. But if you don't do that, it's really easy to get stuck in habit and routine that doesn't serve you. Correct. I've always had like severe boundaries with my calendar. If your ask is impeding my ability to be productive, like I'm no, I'm not okay with that because I'm the only one that sits with my to-do list. Even in my old job, I would like enable even my teams to be like, manage up, ask me what is the point of the call? Or if you're going to ask me for a call, I need like a clear agenda with like a clear takeaway. And then because I would force that exercise and then they'd realize like, actually, I don't need a call. Like I figured it out on my own. There was actually a book that I read. I do not remember the name of it, but it helped me reframe my own boundaries with time. You have to sit down and figure out when are you the most productive? I'm a morning person. So in the morning I, I wake up and I'm just like, my brain is going. And that's when I do like my best writing. Um, that's when I can just zone out. And usually around like two or three, I'm just good with like the mundane tasks. So what that told me is that every single day from 9 a.m., to 2 p.m. I take zero phone calls. Zero. Wow. And then the other thing too is that I think people don't understand is that like, just because somebody asks you for a meeting, that person doesn't know what's on your calendar. Why is it so hard to say I'm not available? And when I do take a phone call, I only take phone calls on Tuesdays and Thursdays between two and six. Anyone who emails me always gets the same response. When are you available? Tuesdays and Thursdays between two and six. I have Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays of eight hours of complete productivity time. Wow. So that's why people are like, I don't understand how you get everything done because I don't have people wasting my time. You are an inspiration <laughs> and I am setting those boundaries starting today. I love it. The one final thing I want to talk about, I think it's important that we address how you ended up on the podcast today, which is that I had reached out to you about two other agenda items for the two of us. And I've always wanted to have you on the podcast, but you volunteered yourself. You said, if you need someone, I have been trying to put myself out there more. Can you talk to me about what that looks like? Yeah, it is my knowledge and my experience that is kind of like the unique selling proposition of this agency. I am the face and the spokesperson for this company. I don't particularly like self-promoting and I have a hard time doing that self-promotion. And then when you reached out to me to kind of coordinate that thing that we're working on, I feel like if I were to pitch myself, I feel comfortable pitching myself to you. And you already knew me from all the locuras from before. So I was just like, you know what, let me just put it out there. Let me just say, hey, I was very honest. I'm like, I'm just trying to put myself more out there because I feel like a lot of women like relate to me. So if I can do that through your podcast, you know, I'm here. And this is what I want people to take away from your and my exchange on this specific point, which is you've been on my list. You've been on my list since you and I were in that hotel room. The fact that you said, hey, how about me meant you went from on the list, but maybe number 20 to Okay, let's schedule mm -hmm. this. And I think so often that is the difference. Sometimes people just need the nudge. Yeah. There's a lot of women in my circle that have a hard time championing for themselves. But I'm like, if you don't do it, then who will? When I look at another woman killing it, I'm so insanely inspired. I know this is going to sound very cheesy, but having gone through the New York City Marathon experience really made me realize that your best growth happens when you are insanely terrified 
and put into such an uncomfortable position that the other side of it is, is this insane growth. Thank you for giving me time in what I now know is your most precious window. I feel even more special than I did before. Thank you so much, Alicia. Okay, chickadees, here are my top three takeaways from this conversation with PR pro Lisa Rios. One, she felt stuck because she knew how she wanted to approach her business and the place she was working didn't grant her the freedom or the flexibility to do things her way. So she left. That's one lesson. But the bigger lesson is that when she began creating her own business, one of her core commitments was selecting clients and partnerships that were bought into doing things her way. Otherwise, she would have become stuck in the exact same way all over again. Two, Lisette's four-column approach. What am I really good at? What do I love to do? What do I want the next five years to look like? And what do I hate? Or asked another way, what are my non-negotiables? I think those prompts can vary a bit person to person, but I, like Lisette, am a huge believer in just putting it all down on paper, seeing where the overlap is between what we love and what we are good at and how much of that we can create without any of the stuff we're trying to avoid. Three, one of the most immediate ways to get unstuck, one that does not require a move as dramatic as leaving your job or your lover or pursuing a different life path entirely, is just assessing how you spend your time. I like to spend a week or two periodically just doing an audit of how I spend my days. And let me tell you, most of the time, the imbalance is right there on paper. From there, it's about the shifts Lisette talks about. When are you most energetic? And then how do you shift your to-do list to match your energy? How do you create boundaries so you have the time and the space to change those patterns and get unstuck? Hey, thank you so much for listening. Latina to Latina is executive produced and owned by Juleka Lantigua and me, Alicia Menendez. Sarah McClure is our senior producer. Our lead producer is Cedric Wilson. Kojin Tashiro is our associate sound designer. Steven Colon makes this episode. Jimmy Gutierrez is our managing editor. Manuela Bedoya is our social media editor and ad ops lead. We love hearing from you. Email us at hola at latinatolatina.com. Slide into our DMs on Instagram or tweet us at latinatolatina. Remember to subscribe or follow us on Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, wherever you're listening right now. And remember, every time you share the podcast or you leave a review, you help us to grow as a community. A little update on our March 27th live recording of Latina to Latina. You did it. You sold out our early bird tickets. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There is still time to grab your regular tickets while they last. Again, the details. We are partnering with our friends at Poderistas to bring you a conversation with New York Times bestselling author Sochil Gonzalez. It is happening at the William Vale in Brooklyn on March 27th. You can find the link to purchase tickets on our Instagram page at Latina to Latina or online at Alicia Menendez XO. I cannot wait to see you.